This is Blind Like Me. Hello, everyone. Interviews, information, and reviews related to living with a vision disability. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been visually impaired since birth. He's been in radio for 30 years and also hosts the podcast Inside Today's Country. Tim has never let his lack of vision stand in his way. Well, welcome to another edition of Blind Like Me. My name is Tim Black, and of course, don't forget, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. And if you have not clicked that little follow button yet, please make sure you do so, so you can get your podcast and don't miss out on anything that we're doing here on Blind Like Me. Well, we continue our series on connecting with other people who are visually impaired and blind. We've done the life of uh, the day in the life of a totally blind guy. We've done the uh, day in the life of a sighted wife, of course, was my wife last week. And now we reach out to a friend of mine who I've known since, how old were we when we first met? Gosh, we both went to the same elementary school, but you were a few years older yeah, than me. So, yeah, so, okay, so we're going to say a long time. Uh, <laughs> yes. Elizabeth Lalonde joins me all the way from Victoria, British Columbia, and you are totally blind, correct? Not quite. I, I have a tiny bit of vision, um, you know, just see shapes and shadows and right. uh, just, a, just a bit of peripheral. So Just a little, okay, so you said peripheral. Not very much. Not but, very much. So, you know, there you go. But a little bit to him. yeah. <laughs> a little yes. bit. You, you can get from here to there and everywhere. Yeah, I can sometimes, I can see little objects. I don't always know what they are. So you're the person uh, who followed me, of course, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, from elementary school. You were a couple of years behind me. Um, I was that guy that was, you know, breaking down the, the walls for, for your people like yourself and other people who came from behind. What was yes. growing up and going through regular school like for you as a challenge? Well, that's a really good question, Tim, because I talk about it. I do talk about that quite a lot because I was, I guess I was about two years, uh, if, if I had been two years older, I may have gone to uh, school for the blind Jer- mm-hmm. Jericho um, mm-hmm. but I, I was I went I was in integrated into the regular school system which I think in a lot of ways is is great like it's so important to have the you know the social networking uh, you know you end up living in a sighted world so it's important to know how to do that so that part was 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 good but the the challenge is that they didn't really teach always teach the full-on what I call blindness skills that mm-hmm. you need to become really adept at at school and life. And so, for example, Braille um, is really, really important. And I work really hard to promote Braille in my career now. Um, but because I actually had a little bit of sight and I could see a bit of large print, but it had to be really big and could only really see one letter at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it wasn't very efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the idea then, and unfortunately still now in many cases, if a, if someone has some vision, they tend to promote the, the large print or magnification instead of Braille, whereas I I believe learning Braille is re- really important. And you can still learn print too, right? Mm-hmm. It's just an, an extra tool. But I And of course, it's easier if you learn as a child like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a, So I, I really, that was one thing that I always say would have been really useful. I know Braille now, but... Um, it, it, it is better when you learn as a child because you can get faster. Right. <laughs> you, you become a lot faster. Um, but, you know, that, so that was one thing that, that I had to say about, about school. And also there was a lot of isolation because um, mm-hmm. you're, I was different. I wasn't like everybody else and nope. I did have friends, but I, I did also feel excluded 
sometimes, you know, especially in gym when they they'd have baseball or soccer or the group sports or the relays. And it was always mm-hmm. sometimes I, I did try, but it was, you know, and it wasn't very successful because I was competing against people with sight and sighted sports. So that didn't always make me feel very good. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things. And I think, but I think a lot of that can be, can be made to work if, if they, if they adopt things and um, in the schools. So how um, did you overcome some of those challenges that you were having socially? Well, I think for me, like getting a chance to meet other uh, visually impaired and blind children, I, I got to, and it was just basically through the itinerant teachers for blind people that introduced me to other children in other schools or mm-hmm. other cities. Mm-hmm. And, and then going to the, the bone the camp on Bowen Island for mm-hmm. blind kids and I met oh I met lifelong friends there and that was you know I would live to go live the whole year I couldn't wait to go for that one week where I actually felt quote unquote normal because I was I was just like everybody else and that was a wonderful feeling I remember that camp fondly because not yes. only was I a camper for that camp uh, for a couple of years but I worked there for a year as well and, That's um, yes. A and, lot of people that I know have worked there, and it was one of the best experiences for kids, kids and adults, because there was all age groups that were at that camp. And you, and yes. you make a very good point: is that was a week that you could tell kids like yourself, like myself, and other people that we knew that was the week that they were quote unquote normal. They were blind kids in a blind world for an entire week. Yeah. There's nothing quite like it. No. Because you just don't, you don't feel different anymore. And it's a nice feeling. Do you find today as a mom of two boys, um, Mm -hmm. is life more accepting of you now or is it more of a challenge now? Well, I think because as I got older, I'm 46 now and gone through so many different experiences in my life, I'm more confident. Mm-hmm. than I was when I was young. So because of that and because of my attitude, my more, I guess, more confident attitude that I'm able to handle situations probably more productively than I may have been able to when I was younger. So in that sense, maybe it's better. I don't know if things have gotten, honestly, a whole lot better in terms of, I, I, I think in some ways there's a lot more understanding out there about people with disabilities. So, mm-hmm. you know, in that, but but there still is a lot of, lack of understanding too about disabilities in general blindness in particular myths and misunderstandings people think how do you do that how do you do that you know when my kids were little well how do you change a diaper or how do you you know just and I would try to educate people and just let them know well I just I just do it you know alternate I call them alternate techniques so Mm. you we learn to use our sense of touch or we we learned I always knew what my kids were doing because I could hear them. <laughs> I, I could tell what toy they were playing with. What, I put bells on, on, on them so I could hear them when they were toddlers. I used um, a harness if I took them out when they were little. So all sorts of different like, different techniques. I used to, my friend Mary Ellen, who's a blind mom and she was my mentor, she told me about pulling a stroller. So I got a stroller with a reversible handle. Okay. And yeah, so I could pull it and then use my white cane at this, at, in front of me, which was because you can't push a stroller no. in front of you and use your case. It's not safe anyway. But <laughs> so that worked really well. And I, you know, I don't know if I would have thought of that if I hadn't had Mary Ellen to 
to give me that idea. And I would never have even thought about that. I, that, I mean, yeah. there you go. I would never have thought about that. It was wonderful. And I had a wonderful stroll and I put both of them in there sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, when they got, even when they were toddlers and we would go off shopping or whatever. Mm-hmm. As your boys grew up and both of them are sighted, correct? Yes, they are. Yes. How have they They're adap- 15 and 12 now. Oh my goodness. Uh, how, yeah. have they, how have they adapted to having a mom who is blind? Well, they are amazing. They, they are just, I guess it's, it's all they've ever known. Mm-hmm. So it's just quote, there's that word again, normal for them to have, to have a blind mom. It's just the way it is. It's the way it's always been. So they're completely, you know, they treat me like, they just treat me like they would treat anybody, like any other mom. It's no different. Oh, so you get, really. the, you get the talkbacks too then, do you? I get everything. And, and, <laughs> and I think part of it is, again, my attitude, because I know, I already knew how to be blind. I already was independent. It's, you know, it's different. And we get students at our, our center where maybe they'll have just lost their sight and they're a parent. Well, mm-hmm. that's different because they, they're learning how to be blind and, you know, so, so and then their kids are going to have a different experience, too, because their mom may not know how to do certain things. Whereas with me, I've always been blind and I, I knew how to do things before I had kids. So they just grew up with a mom who knew how to do things. I, I maybe I did things differently, but <laughs> I always remember my my son Ronan saying one time when we I was dropping him off at his elementary school and he said, Mom, how come there aren't any other blind moms at my school? <laughs> And I always thought that was so cute because it was, to him, that was just, well, why aren't there, right? Right. What was one of the biggest challenges you found being a blind mom? I well, I think the biggest is always for me, I, it always comes down to this is just public perception, honestly, Be- because I fight a lot of the time to be rec- to be recognized just like I'm a mom, like I want to be included in conversations or so, for example, if I would drop them off at preschool that, you know, you're standing there. I think a lot of parents have this memory of standing, waiting for their kids, kids to come out of preschool or, mm-hmm. you know, and I often found that the, the moms would kind of cluster and not always, but sometimes would not talk to me. And sometimes it felt like I was back in high school. And that was always hard on me because I, I don't, think they were doing it to be mean I think sometimes they just don't know what to say Mm -hmm. or that was my perception again it's confidence so maybe I maybe back then I was going through a time where I wasn't feeling as confident so Mm -hmm. you know maybe now if it was happening I would go right up to them and start talking to them and so it again it's it just really depends on how I was feeling but that was something that has always been a challenge for me if I feel you've excluded u- from something. You've used the word a couple of times now, and that is confidence. Yeah. Confidence yes. is, a, is a very big thing. Uh, yes. And I know that you, of course, are the director of the Pacific Training Center for the Blind uh, in Victoria, and we actually had you guys on about a year ago. Confidence yes. is something that you really need to teach and preach. It, it is. And it comes and goes. It's one of those things. It's not a static thing, right? It's, <laughs> it's dynamic. And there are times, and we all know that there are times in our life when we have confidence and then sometimes we lose it depending on experience and then we get it again. It, and it's the same for, for people with disabilities. Although sometimes I think we have to work harder at it <laughs> because society honestly tends to have such low expectations of what we can do so mm-hmm. we're always at least I always feel like I have to kind of be that ambassador or and I, I think a lot of people feel that way honestly that 
Is that something that is a frustration for you? Sometimes. Sometimes I do vent and I'll say, oh, I wish I didn't have to explain that. Or, or you know, we all have days like that. But then, but most of the time, I really, I like, I like doing it because mm-hmm. educating and learning is really important for me. And I like teaching other people too. So mm-hmm. what's one of the things that if somebody came up to you uh, and you would give them a piece of advice. They've a they've just lost their sight, or b mm-hmm. they're growing their their family has a, a blind child or a blind you know teenager. What would that piece of advice be that you would pass on to that person? Really important would be to make sure that they connect with other with with people who have been blind for a long time and role models and and people that can that can help help reduce the burden. Um, reduce that feeling of isolation that can often happen when you're losing your sight or when a family member is losing their sight, just to, to stay connected. Um, and and I, I know people coming to our center ha- have really felt that, that it, it helps so much to have a place where they could go and learn things and, and know that. I guess that's the other thing is just, even though you may not think it now, you will be able to still live your life. Mm-hmm. And you will be able to to do a lot of the things you still want to do, it may be different. It's not going to be the same as mm. when you could see, but mm. it's still possible. And sometimes it takes, it's a journey. It, like, people don't always accept that. I mean, some people never accept it, but it, it, it can take time to accept that mm-hmm. and learn different strategies and different ways of doing things. What would be the one thing that you would tell the sighted community? Learn from us, allow us to tell, tell you what, what, we can do and what we need and if we need help um don't assume uh ask us if you don't know just just ask us and and have high expectations for us too Mm -hmm. that's important why do you think they don't have high expectations for blind and visually impaired people i think part of it is because they maybe imagine themselves blind like oh if i close my eyes i can't do anything and and that's terrifying for for people but I always say, well, you don't go blind and learn how to do everything in a day. It just doesn't work that way. It's, it takes time. It takes practice. It takes adjustment and learning new skills. So it's not like closing your eyes. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes I'm not always for simulations because the point is we're trying to educate people about the abilities of blind people. And if someone just is blind for like 10 minutes, they're they're probably going to come out of that experience being scared rather than, you know, feeling like they can do stuff. It depends on the person. But mm-hmm. so I think that's one reason is they imagine themselves blind. And then also just there's so much misinformation out like media and, mm-hmm. bo- you know, books and movies over the years who have portrayed blind people in kind of a negative or or that they can't. They either media either shows blind people being like superhuman, right? Or, <laughs> or not being able to do anything. I don't know. I've always they thought of myself to... kind of a superhuman, but you know, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've got. I always, I always laugh that I have, uh, you know, bionic ears. I can always hear something. Exactly. Right. And it's true. It's kind of funny, but but, and and we. I think we're all super amazing, right? In, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and and I think we should be commended for that, but also not patronized, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you got out of bed in the morning all by yourself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you brushed your teeth without looking. It's just 
sometimes I mean, I'm exaggerating, but yeah, sometimes you get that feeling from people. Elizabeth, it's yeah. always a pleasure to talk to you and such a great outlook on life and such a positive outlook and, and man, you can tell that you are uh, certainly in it to win it uh, with everything that you're doing, especially with your two uh, boys. I uh, Hats off to you, 12 and 15. Uh, you're in for a bumpy ride over the next while. Can't wait to yes. see what happens when driving lessons start. No, next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Tim. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me. If you have a comment or a suggestion about future casts, drop us an email to blindlikeme at outlook.com. Blind Like Me is a TimBlackOnAir.com production.